Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus, again in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitations and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of the servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out therefore into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today's Gospel passage brings to mind the subject of dress codes and proper attire. This idea of someone refusing to wear a wedding garment is often misunderstood. Was there a dress code for Jewish weddings in the time of Jesus? And how does this apply to us today? I remember talking to my grandpa some years ago about traveling. He told me that he didn't fly very much in his life, but he would never set foot inside of an airplane without wearing a suit. To him, flying on an airplane was something that was so special that he would never do it without being properly dressed. In the 50s, it was generally expected that men would wear a tie to work and women, if they worked at all, would wear a dress or a skirt. By the 80s, when I started my working career, many companies had relaxed their standards to what we now call business casual. Today, many companies have simply abandoned any rules around dress code, preferring instead to leave it to the discretion of the employee. Perhaps the most striking change that I've seen in regard to proper attire is at church. When I was a child, we wouldn't think of setting foot inside the church without being properly dressed. We never wore jeans or shorts or anything that was dirty or had holes. This is clearly not the case today, as people will come to church dressed for the beach and think nothing of it. So, back to the man who refused to wear the wedding garment and was thrown out of the wedding feast by the king. What does it mean? Let's delve into this a bit. We need to begin by noting that, at one point or another, everyone in the town was invited to the wedding feast which the king threw for his son. Some who were invited in the first round refused to come, making room for the others, but in the end, everyone was eventually invited. So too with God's invitation to all of us to join him in the kingdom of heaven. Everyone is invited. Jesus started his ministry by inviting the Jews, the chosen people of God, and some of them followed. After all, most of the early Christians were Jews. But when the Jewish leaders ultimately rejected him, he invited the Gentiles. 
In today's gospel, the people of the town are represented by three groups. The first group consists of those people who refuse the king's invitation. In our world today, these people represent those people who hear about the saving power of Jesus Christ, but for one reason or another, simply refuse to believe it. They don't want Jesus to be a part of their lives, and they will ultimately get what they asked for, as they'll spend their eternity without him as well. The second group consists of those people who come to the wedding, put on the wedding garment, and enjoy the feast. These people are those of us who hear the call of the Lord and respond by living the life of a disciple. The third group is a rather small group in the parable. In fact, it's just one person, the man who refused to wear the wedding garment. This one probably requires a little bit of explanation. In Jesus' time, when someone wealthy threw a wedding feast, they would provide wedding garments for their guests. It was sort of like a dress code. When a guest arrived, they would put on the wedding garment before joining the feast. This was a way of making the feast that much more special because everyone matched. This would have been a great photo op if only cameras had been invented. So, back to the men who came to the feast but refused to wear the garment. What does he represent? He represents those people who dabble in the face to some extent, who may be interested, but who refuse to be a fully committed disciple. They refuse, if you will, to put on the faith. And so, they are there with the other disciples, but not fully on board. In today's world, these are the people who will tell others that they're Christian, but who do little or nothing in their lives to make it so. Their words, their actions, even their very lives, tell the story that they are not a disciple of Jesus Christ, even though they claim to be one. As you can see in today's parable, this isn't something that Jesus particularly likes. The man in the parable is bound and cast into the darkness outside. Here at UTG at Work, we see the same three groups of people in the workplace, but perhaps not in the same proportions as Jesus describes. Those who reject Jesus' invitation to come to the feast, well, there are many, and they are growing in number. These are the people who ignore Christ and his gospel. Sometimes they ignore it because they deny the existence of God. Sometimes it's because they think that God's role is limited to their time in church, and it's not a part of their work life. But regardless of why, these are the people who simply refuse to consider the need to recognize God in the workplace. Those who come to the feast and put on the wedding garment are the committed disciples who are willing to live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. As much as we hate to admit it, this is a relatively small group of people, but our ministry is about shoring up their resolve to do it and encouraging others to join them. But those who refuse to put on the wedding garment, they are a much larger group at work than the one man in this parable. These are the people who we meet quite often, who hear about our mission and say, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I can see how Christians are being shut out of the workplace. I see it where I work. But as much as they agree with the problem, they're not willing to do anything about it. They simply shrug their shoulders and say, Well, that's just the way it is. Trust me when I say that I understand why someone would have this attitude. Standing up and boldly living your faith in the workplace isn't easy, and it can come with some pushback. But Jesus never said that being a Christian would be easy. In fact, he repeatedly talked about how hard it would be. He said things like, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. You could argue that you wouldn't want Jesus to be your marketing director. His message certainly isn't one that people will consider to be inviting. Most organizations try to lure people into joining them with promises of better things that await them when they do. But Jesus' approach is one of short-term pain, followed by long-term benefits. And to many people, this is unappealing. 
While we didn't consider this point specifically when we formed UTG at Work, we're focusing our efforts on two of these groups. First, we try to support those who are in the feast wearing the wedding garment with articles and videos and workshops, and of course, podcasts, to give them encouragement. This is clear. And second, we try to get those people who are in the feast but not yet willing to put on the wedding garment in their workplace to have the courage to put it on. In many cases, those who are in this group are the very people who are creating and enforcing the policies that discourage sharing our faith in the workplace. They aren't bad people, and they're often people of faith. But they're afraid to do what they know in their heart is the right thing to do because they fear backlash from their leadership, their customers, or the media. This is very sad. I heard an interview a few months ago with a man who was doing a story on why the media is so against people of faith. He went to the offices of a major newspaper media outlet and interviewed some of the leadership, who made it clear that there was no place for faith or religion in the business of reporting the news. And yet, as he was leaving the office after the formal interviews were completed, several of the reporters pulled him aside and said, Look, I'm a Christian, and I'd love to bring my faith to work, but I can't because I'll be fired. It's our belief that there's a groundswell of people in this group at workplaces all over our great country who are living a lie at work. They're denying their faith because they believe that they have to. But they don't have to live that way. They have the ability to rethink and reshape company policies such that they support people of faith in the workplace rather than working against them. We believe that there's a silent army out there made up of thousands upon thousands of soldiers who all think that they're alone. But they aren't alone. They simply aren't organized, and if they were willing to step out of the shadows and put on the wedding garment in their workplace, they would find that many others would do the same. If you know such a person in your workplace, talk to them. Send them this podcast. Do whatever you can to encourage them to put on the wedding garment at work. Now, you may be thinking that I've conveniently ignored the group of people who refuse to come to the feast. So what does UTG at work have to say to them? Well, they're still welcome to come to the feast and to put on the wedding garment. The invitation stands ready for their acceptance. But the reality is that there isn't a lot of hope of that happening. We can't be Pollyanna in our view of the faith in general, much less of faith in the workplace. There will always be those who can't and won't believe. And so we pray for them, and we continue to offer the invitation, but we realize that there isn't a lot of hope that they'll come. There's a real frustration that I feel in this ministry and that there are so many people in the workplace who are at the feast but refuse to put on the wedding garment. Faith in our country is on the decline, and it's clear that our churches are not sufficient to turn it around. We need the laity to step up and live their faith in every aspect of their lives, especially at work where we spend so much of our time. If we fail to act, there will be fewer and fewer people who even come to the feast, much less put on the wedding garment. The time is now to boldly live our faith so that we can help others see the joy of the Christian life. After all, if we truly care about the people we work with, then we have an obligation to share the good news so that they can be saved from an eternity without Christ, an eternity of pain and suffering. If you already wear the wedding garment at work, well, thank you. Thank you for your witness to the faith. We're here to support you. If you're at the feast but haven't put on the garment, pray about it. Ask the Lord to give you the strength and the courage to put it on. If you know someone else who's at the feast but isn't ready to wear the garment, encourage them to put it on. And if you know someone who refuses to come to the feast at all, pray for them. For those of us who are Christians, there is indeed a dress code for work. May we have the courage to follow it. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. 
In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.